Welcome to the Data Leadership Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony J. Algeman. Data is everywhere in our businesses, and it takes leadership to make the most of it. We bring you the people, stories, and lessons to help you become a data leader. And today, we welcome back Bob Siner. Bob is the authority on non-invasive data governance, the publisher of TDAN.com, and the founder of KIK Consulting and Educational Services. He was my very first podcast guest, and I can think of no one better to talk with me about today's topic. He comes back all the time when I have a good topic to talk about. Today, we're going to be talking about buzzwords. And and so, Bob, welcome home. This is you. You are my most frequent guest, and I always look forward to having a conversation with you. It is an honor and a privilege to be with you and all of your uh, all of your viewers. Thank you, Anthony, for having me back. It's always a lot of fun. We could shoot the breeze about anything and everything and every and anything uh, over. I mean, how long do you have, right? So, uh, so yeah, let's talk about buzzwords and uh, and all this other stuff that's going on these days. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, we we often get sucked into like dissecting terminology and stuff in in the different talks that we give because that's that's a part of it right where we have to understand the words that we're using things like data governance or metadata management and we've we've been through a lot of these things where we've seen um you know lately especially it seems like we see organizations and people that will just throw words around and not even necessarily know what they mean and so that's where, like, and, and to be quite frank, like, we talk about everything, and it's not always on the show. You and I are always talking, and we're always thinking about different things that we could chat about or do presentations on. We have a presentation that we've been doing together on various um, occasions, you know, debating data governance or data architecture and data leadership. And and we like doing this because it helps us think about uh, these terms and these subjects in, in different perspectives, right? And coming from different lights and, and recognizing that we don't own any of these terms. Like nobody owns these terms and people are going to use them in ways that make sense to them. And that leads in some cases to just some divergent usage from what the original intent is or maybe the commonly accepted intent is. And I'll be quite honest in that there's been times where I've said, hey, I think this is what people normally mean by this. I don't like it. I'm going to use this a different way. At least I try to call that out. But a lot of times I think we hear these words and I mean, we're we're not going to talk. So I'm going to start by saying what we're not going to talk about and then talk about it. But like the classic example of a buzzword is like big data, right? Big data, this big data, that for a long time, it was everywhere. Right. And it got to a point where it didn't even mean anything because everybody had their own definition of it. You saw the same thing with like business intelligence or or other things like that. But there are some words that have been percolating more recently. Like you go, big data has been around for 15 plus years. Right. Like, but some of these other terms have been a lot more recent. And I think that not only are they buzzwords, they're buzzwords that we may not even have well understood and accepted definitions for because they don't necessarily appear in any of the texts or what have you. So that's my understanding of what we want to accomplish today. Bob, what what would you add to that? You know what? I think uh, so. You're one of the perpetrators that are, that are causing buzzwords to be uh, misunderstood because you say, if I don't like this definition, I'm going to use another definition for it. the problem. <laughs> with, you know, I think the definition of a buzzword is, you know, it's like a catchphrase for something. Right. So that we can think of something. 
and you know what? At some point, the term data governance wasn't being used. Yeah. I mean, there was stewardship really before there was governance, and governance became a buzzword, and there's still multiple definitions for governance. Uh, and big data was another one. And then people wanted to talk about small data. And so, you know, they're not, there is no industry definition of these things. And, uh, or should I say the definition is in the eye of the beholder. So, you know, there's a lot of terms being used these days that uh, data fabric is a new one that's just being put out there. I have, I, you know, I, I have never seen, a definition of data fabric. I don't know if it was determined by a vendor or uh, or uh, a, a thought leader in the industry who used that term. But you know, I have an idea uh, as to what I, I would think that data fabric would mean. Um, you know, is it something that's, have I seen organizations implementing data fabric? No, I don't exactly know what that would entail. I think that's one of the things that bugs me the most mm -hmm. is that, you know, I don't know when these terms become accepted without having a solid definition of what they mean. Yeah. Well, I, in, the, in the case of data fabric, I'm not sure I know what people are even going for there because I've talked about like the fabric of an organization. Right. I, I think about it of, of a there's there's a richness and a context of the fabric of an organization or the technical fabric of an organization. And, and there's a lot of intermingling and it leads to some sort of tapestry like result. Right. And, and hey, I'm the analogy master as far as I have I will I will come up with analogy on the fly for anything. And the and people on my team will will tell you sometimes they just don't work. And this whole fabric of an organization thing is a bit of a stretch, even for me. I'm like, you know, there's something to be said on it. But to then go data fabric, I mean, is that even like, is that a technology? Am I missing an entire technology out there? I, I don't know. Well, I, I haven't heard of it in terms of a technology, but, but uh, you know, when I think of and I think you nailed it when you said interwoven or you mentioned that, um, that's what I think about is, you know, you think about threads being interwoven in fabric and that is, you know, if, if you only have three threads going each direction, you know, think of it as people, process and technology or something, whatever it is, whatever your three or five or 20 components are, um, and think of those, think in terms of people across, uh, you know, all of your different business areas. I, I think about metadata and data documentation across all of your business areas and all of your applications. So um, I don't think there's a clear definition of what those threads are that need to be interwoven. Um, I'm not sure how much different it would be from a data strategy. Okay, we want to have a strategy. Our strategy is going to incorporate how this part of the business, how this part of the discipline of governing your data is being used in different ways. Um, I've, I have a framework that I use that is interwe it, it, it's interweaving basically the uh, the core components of a successful governance program mm -hmm. with the five different levels of perspective, you know, executive, strategic, tactical, operational, and support, very much like John, uh, John Zachman's framework mm -hmm. for enterprise architecture. You know, we talk about architecture and governance together. So, you know, I guess uh, uh, maybe after this uh, podcast, I'll be thinking of fabric in terms of my framework. 
and how we're interweaving these things with these things and pulling it together. That's my best guess at this point. Yeah. It is just a guess. Yeah. And, but it, I, I think because it's flexible, right? Like, and there is no, we're not even clear what it's going for. I think that's what starts to make it become a buzzword. It's like, it's like those, you know, all those like consultancy terms. I once worked for a consulting organization, which, and they've stopped this practice since, but they used to do at their, their quarterly meetings. They used to have a contest amongst their consultants of who could say the most without saying anything, just using consulting <laughs> speak. And it was, it was, it was a fun, like tongue in cheek way of just poking fun at yourselves. And it's, it gets me thinking, though, is that that there's some times where like these terms start with meaning. They started from a good place, but then they kind of took a turn at some point to just be how people filled some time. Like it, it becomes something that they just are like, I don't know what I'm talking about. So let's say data fabric and they'll think I'm smart. And like maybe that's. <laughs> Maybe that's the way. So, this here, so can I take just like 15 seconds here and I'm going to look right at your audience and say, I'm a consultant. I don't speak in consultant speak. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think it is really fun challenge to say, well, let's talk for a while without really saying saying anything. And you could fill it with buzzwords and sound really knowledgeable. But I don't think I mean, people use them because they're memorable. They catch on. They become. You know, the term data catalog uh, started to be used by somebody. Data warehousing, we we kind of know that uh, Bill Inman was the person that came up with the, you know, the father of data warehousing. Um, and I think that's because I, he used the term earliest. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're not seeing too many fathers of, you know, the new of, of data fabric. Right. Or a big a father of big data, or or any of the other terms. You know, I think it's interesting because it it makes our you know I don't know where some of these buzzwords have come from. You know, but I guess if you can get a picture of what they're saying, even without knowing a firm definition, mm -hmm. there's some benefit to buzzwords. I mean, somebody reaches out to me and says, I need a data governance program or I'm building a data governance program. Um, you know, they may not even have a definition for what data governance is. And at one point, data governance was a buzzword, too. So there's benefit for us. too. Yeah, well, it, it, I mean, sometimes it's, there's a cliche involved. Sometimes there's you know, there's good intent. Sometimes it's it's nobody really knows. And, and things evolve, right? Like things that... Um, you know, we talk about now, I think like, while we used to talk about big data, now we're talking more about data literacy and, and some other buzzwords that we'll get to. But like, it's, um, you know, it's because of what's top of mind and trying to fit the language to concisely be relevant to these very complex and hairy topics, right? Like, there's a lot that goes in to a lot of these things. I think data fabric misses the mark because it's too nebulous. It's too like, I don't even know. Right. So let's, let's get into some other terms. We'll start, we'll start with one or we'll, we'll move on to one that uh, is, is similar to data fabric is that I'm not even sure we know what we're talking about. And that is data <laughs> intelligence. And, and like, I don't even know where we're going with data intelligence because that was, that was one of the buzzwords that you had suggested. And I, and I, I looked at him like, all right, but that's not one that I've really heard much in my uh, comings and goings. But what, what, where, what, what kind of, uh, you know, 
have you heard about data intelligence and, and what are people saying or using data intelligence to mean, especially in contrast to other intelligences like, I don't know, business intelligence or artificial intelligence? What the heck is data intelligence anyway? Okay. Well, I don't have an answer for you, but I have heard the term at least three times. Well, I always have an answer for you. I don't, uh, you know, it's, but um, I've heard the term three times this week from different, wow. uh, in different places, data intelligence. And, you know, the truth is that all three of those occurrences came from vendors. Mm. Okay. So they're looking for new terminology to catch on. And so there's business intelligence, you know, there's, you know, well, yeah, what's the difference between business intelligence and data intelligence, except for, again, it's something that you can read into and you can define for yourself, right? I mean, so being intelligent about the way that we, we manage our data, is that data intelligence? Is it the intelligence that we get out of it, the insights and the analytics that we're able to focus on? I think what the vendors are trying to say is, yes, it's all of those things. It's not only the discipline of, of what we need to do, but it's also the benefit and the value that comes out of it. I think that's what is being expressed in the term data intelligence. But like I said, I mean, you and I were thinking about, well, what buzzwords can we talk about today? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, that's got to be one because I'm not really sure what that means. Um, but you know what? If, and so the, uh, the benefit of it is if somebody turns to these, one of these vendors and says, okay, you use the term data intelligence. What exactly does that mean? Mm -hmm. If they're humming and hawing with an answer versus saying um, what I just said is, you know, there's the intelligent management and governance of the data and there's the intelligence that you get out of it. You know, having an answer that makes sense it says, okay, so we understand what you mean by data intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think there is a description of anything else. You know, another thing, there's, there's these, some of these things just drive me nuts. You know, people want to add 2.0 to everything. Oh, man. Yeah. Right? 2.0, 3.0, you know. We're I, at I data 4.0 now. 4.0 is where well, data is now. No, we're I, at Chief Data Officer 4.0. Yeah, well, is, I know Gartner. Yeah. Gartner. Is oh, is that what it was? CDO 4.0. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I know the I know the gentleman who put it together, and I've had good conversations with him about it. Um, but you know, it, it's um, and then you know there are other industry other groups that call it next generation data governance. Okay, well, what is next generation? Is next generation data governance to handle? the next generation of applications of data and analytics. I don't know, but it's not, but data governance doesn't need to have a 2.0, a 3.0, a 4.0, a, a next generation, you know, if it's well-defined and if you have a structured approach to doing it. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I just scratch my head, but people need to be commemorable. Now, so one more thing. So, and using data governance as an example, I um, I really despise organization. Well, I don't despise the organizations, but I despise the use of the term master data governance mm -hmm. or um, or big data governance. You know, uh, as, as if the the governing of big data or the governing of master data has to be different. Now that being said, I talk all the time about non invasive data governance. 
Okay, mm-hmm. non-invasive data governance is not describing the um, the type of data that is being governed. It's describing the approach and the right. how we're applying this to the organization. I had a client just this week describe artificial intelligence data governance, AI data governance. And I yeah. started thinking, okay, do we need another label for data governance? And my, in my head, no, we don't. We just need to call it what it is. And, you know, when are we going to get, so when data governance 10.0 comes around, my company will start looking at it. It's not the way things work. Yeah. I mean, so much of this just becomes marketing, right? Like it's, it's, it is marketing. Things like data intelligence really reminds me of this specifically. Is that I listen to another mm-hmm. podcast and they they get up they get worked up because all the marketing out there, anything new is an immersive experience, immersive this and immersive that, and that's what this data intelligence reminds me of. It's like data is not intelligent. Data is ones and zeros sitting in a system somewhere. People are intelligent. And that's where, like, if you're going to be intelligent about data, that's fine. That's data literacy. Like, but like data literacy is, again, we had to snazzy it all up and make it. It's not about like literacy like that. I mean, it's creative. I'll I'll give whoever first said the data literacy one, I think, is the one that really I'm impressed by because it that took some thought. But now, again, that it's just it's understanding the data and putting data to use. So I think there's value in that. At least, at least as we get into like data literacy, at least there's value in that. Like we can, we can agree, Hey, is having a workforce that understands how to use data to do things better. Is that valuable? Yes. Great. Let's call that data literacy and teach people to read. You think that might be a little condescending to people? Nah, let's just make them do it anyway. Like, so, so they're Ill- illiterate now. They're illiterate. We're yeah. trying to make them literate. Right? Nothing hey. motivates people more than making fun of them to their face, right? Like, that's what data <laughs> literacy is implying. Like, you are, you are not only. Do you stand to benefit and have something to gain from all of this? But we're saying that you are so incompetent that you're completely unable to work with data at all today. And it's up to us to solve this for you, dumb person. I, I just, it, it bothers me because we, we act like that. And then people wonder why they don't want to talk to the data governance people or the data people because they're like, oh, let us let us bestow upon you the wisdom of the data as if you don't have other things to do. Like, let's think about how can we serve people that are already busy, that already have jobs? How can we give them some better capability to execute on those jobs? To me, it's it's not about forcing people to learn how to read the data. It's about how do we help to amplify people's capabilities through data-driven capabilities through data-driven tooling and platforms and you name it. But it is not because people have a deficiency. It's because there's an opportunity. And data literacy bothers me as a buzzword because it it kind of implies this missing link that people should have already learned that data stuff by now. And now we have to drag them kicking and screaming into a data-driven world. Now, to be fair, we're recording this on a Friday and I have zero filter today, but that really is. So Anthony, I was going to tell you, I was going to try to jump through the screen there for a moment because I was going to say, okay, calm down, my brother, calm down. (laughs) Because I don't, I am not certain that, 
data literacy is is demeaning anybody or i don't think that the intention is to demean in fact i haven't really talked to anybody about what the term data literacy uh you know data you know i mean actually when that term first came out i didn't like the term either Mm -hmm. but you know after it just becomes part of it becomes part of the fabric of what we are doing, right? And nice. people are using the term literacy. And if you have a good definition for what it means, yeah, it can mean getting people even to understand the value that quality data brings to the organization <laughs> and what they can do that they couldn't do before or what they can do quicker or more efficiently that they can do. So being data literate, I can understand, but data, yeah, I just I was going to tell you to calm down because I just don't see as many <laughs> negative connotations that come with it. It's not like you're telling people that they're illiterate. You're saying we're going to help them to better understand the value of data, the information, the data that's available to them, the understanding of the data. And I'm sorry, I'm having more of a passive day than you, Anthony. So <laughs> no, no, but, I'm worked uh, up, but, but that's, that's okay. That's, that's exactly the the point of what we're talking about here, right? Is, is yeah. the buzzwords, right? They're there to get a response from you, exactly. Well, and I'll, data literacy. So, like. I, I hear you about it and I'm 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 amplifying my reaction for effect, right? Like I do that. But I mean it is I think something that we want to be thoughtful about because even though I agree with you, the intent of data literacy is that it's it's not supposed to be punitive. It's not supposed to say, oh, our our non-data literate folks are illiterate folks. Like that's not the intent. The problem though is is that we know that because we've experienced all of this in many different organizations or what have you. But a person who really doesn't have that exposure might look at the word for what it is. And if I'm used to literacy, meaning literate or illiterate in a, in a language context, I might interpret that as a negative, even though no one intends that. And this is something that I talk a lot about in data leadership is that maybe we mean well, maybe we intend to create value, but the consequences of our actions are not exactly what we intend every time. Sometimes there's some some challenges that we have. And, and, and you know this, Bob, that in the data space, in the data governance world and, and, and all of these related topics, we have a marketing problem. We often find it difficult to get people on board, and it's due to a number of things, but we throw around big words a lot, and we have a value proposition that is shaky at best because we have very clear expectations and costs associated with the work of things like data governance. But the payoff happens in this long-term view and in these organizational capabilities that are really hard to put your finger on. And it's so it's hard to motivate these things. And if we're inadvertently condescending on top of it, that's something that we want to be aware of. So that's why I'm poking at data literacy. It's about saying semantically, can we poke holes or, or should we be thinking about some of these buzzwords a little bit differently than maybe we are just because we hear it a lot in our data circles? Well, because if they were well thought out and, you know, there was a real plan behind them, I don't think they'd be buzzwords. You know, I think they would be, you know, they would actually be stitched into what we do. Um, in fact, I'm doing a webinar. I, I do my monthly webinar with Dataversity. Next week, I'm going to be doing a webinar with them 
probably will be, if it will take place before this podcast is released, mm -hmm. I'm sure, but it's on data governance and information governance. Okay. And is right. there a difference between data governance and information governance? And so, you know, I've defined data, gov I've defined the governing part of it, but the data or the information or the master data or the metadata or the artificial, or the AI data governance or the BI data governance or, you know, I'm, what I'm going to talk about in my webinar is, you know, yeah, maybe we're not sending a condescending message in that way, but we're sent, but are we sending a message by calling it BI data governance? Mm -hmm. And is it the message that we really want to be sending to the organization? Are we governing just BI data? You know, are we governing just metadata? So, you know, I talk a little bit about when you're comparing and contrasting data governance and information governance, you know, it's all around how you're defining data or how you're defining information, you know, in your organization. So there's labels, and I started using the term, we're going to label data governance as this kind of data governance or that kind of data governance. And I don't, and I think that we need to be very careful with the message that we're sending to the organization. If we're going to call it master data governance, does that mean that the data that's not considered master data is being governed or is not being governed? Or, you know, I'm just saying that's an example of words mean a lot, right? We need to be very careful with the words that we use. If the buzzwords, again, like I said, buzzwords aren't always well thought out at the beginning. You know, there's somebody just uses this terminology and it catches on. Mm -hmm. Um you know, I, I think that we we just have to be very careful as to the words that we use, you know, respect our audience, put ourselves in our audience's shoes to see what they would uh, expect it to be talked to that way or to be have something explained to them that way. Um, I, I can't help but feeling like you're just giving me podcast hosting advice. Like you're like, listen to your uh, – don't alienate your audience. Use the words carefully. I'm like, man, I would never, how, how bad did I lay into story. data literacy? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think it's it's good advice, right? It's I well, mean, but it, it, I it's mean, a pet peeve. It's a pet peeve of mine. The, the you know the different labels people give to governance, and um, you know I didn't want you to get to get to the point where you were committing Harry Carey over the term data literacy. So that's why I was going to jump through the screen. Um, but the um, but it is easy to get passionate about these types of things. Mm -hmm. You know, the most important thing, and no, I'm not giving you advice for your podcast because you've done many and I've only done, well, how many times have I been on yours? I've done that maybe plus a few. Yeah. Um, but we always should be careful as to the words that we use and and yeah. because we may not be implying the things that we want, that we are intending to, um, to imply. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, thus buzzwords can be pretty dangerous. Well, and, and, you know, I'll amplify that point a little bit because I, I think that as our, you know, world gets smaller in a lot of ways. And I think that even if we think about like the pandemic with remote work or what have you, many of us find ourselves in geographically dispersed teams these days and have, you know, global footprints to our, our data organizations and our enterprises. And these things all get exponentially more difficult as we broaden that cultural language you know comfort you know technical um 
you know, level of experience. Like there's so many differences in, in the kinds of, of folks that still need to have some connection through data that it gets very dangerous if we start throwing words around, assuming everybody is like ourselves. Like I, 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 I will say that and it's good to be careful. And then I will also say I am the first person in line to make ridiculous mistakes, apologize for it and learn quickly. So I think there's 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 room for both, right? Where if you can if you can push forward from a good place with a recognition that you don't know what you're talking about, but you are committed to learning and figuring it out, to me that's more important in in many ways than the than the words that we choose. If I can choose a bunch of bad words and quickly realize which words are the good words and which words are the bad words, I'm going to get to a better place faster. But if I come at it saying, nope, I got the words you need to conform to my words, that makes it a much more difficult place, potentially. And there's sometimes when that's necessary. And this is where it's like, it's all shades of gray. It's all like trade-offs and, and give and take. But what's going to actually accomplish the most good? What's going to create the most value? Is there a shortcut to creating value quicker by using some buzzwords? Sometimes there probably is. Sometimes if you start you know, saying things like data literacy, People can orient to that quickly, be relatively in alignment with what you're talking about, and may be able to shortcut some of the other conversation that may be necessary to move something forward. There, there's benefit in that, right? So the buzzwords may not be wholly without value. They just come with some danger to them. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, I, I think that buzzwords are used to get people to sit up and take notice. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's going to, if it gets them to sit forward in their chair and to ask a question as to what do you mean by that? And it gives you the opportunity to explain to them what you mean by that or what is meant by that. That's a good thing. I think that it can be dangerous. I think it can be very dangerous. Um, and, you know, I guess that's the whole dilemma about buzzwords, not just in our industry, but in any industry uh, or in just in language in general. Um it's uh, it is a marketing thing. I mean, a lot of these terms come out of marketing techniques and, uh, you know, people that are very skilled in marketing. Um, but if they get you to to. So I use the term non-invasive for data governance because I want people to ask, you know, what the heck do you mean by non-invasive data governance? There's no such thing. You can't do it that way. Well, yes, you can. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how. Um it gets them to sit forward in their chair and to to engage you, look you in the eye, and ask you the question, ask you questions about it. But on the same time, at the same time, if they don't have that opportunity to to have that conversation with you, yeah, their understanding is going to be based on you know their perspective from life, right? You know. So it, it, again, if it's a, it, it could be that could have a very negative effect too. So it can be dangerous, but if it gets people's attention and gets them asking questions and giving gives you the opportunity to explain yourself, mm -hmm. then you know let's buzz away. <laughs> this is a, it's an interesting thought, and and because I've I've become especially with where we're currently in the state with with coming out of the COVID nineteen pandemic of. You know, many organizations are starting to return to the office or, or going to some sort of hybrid. And, you know, people are getting out of their shells. They're starting to go to restaurants again. They're starting to do activities again. And and that's been increasing over the last couple of months and, and hopefully will continue to increase. And 
you know, I think a lot about psychological safety. I think a lot about how do we provide the right environments for our people to gain the most success. How do we give them the right ways of working? How do we give them the right tooling? How do we give them the right collaboration frameworks? How do we give them the right support and, and resources and ability to amplify what they're doing through the right kinds of software and all of these things? Um, and, and the right kind of mission, right? How do we how do we figure this stuff out together and and allow people and and you know help people regain in, in a in an environment that's evolving so quickly? How do we help them? gain a comfort and confidence that it's going to be okay when over the past year plus everything's not been okay and and there is i think an inherent like we're all a little bit rattled i think we're all a little bit off kilter especially the more change that happens i think that that's that's common no matter what we're talking about right you know the way we get through that is by extensive use of buzzwords no <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there I mean, things it's been a very interesting year plus year, you know, almost year and a half. And um you know, I, I don't think there's a single answer to say how can we smooth this over the description the um the the, the common we talk about common language in ter in other terms in in data management but common language even in how we describe our trade and the things that we get involved in. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's an answer to, to help people to get past that. But I think organizations, what I have seen in the last year is that for some reason, data strategies are on a, on a, on a, uh, on a comeback if they were ever here in the first place. But more and more organizations are think have, have had this opportunity now during this away time, or should I say downtime, but it really hasn't been down or away. It's maybe physically away, but not away, you know, for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, if we can get people on, you know, whatever we need to do to get people on the same page, there is an opportunity right now. I think you and I did a wet a podcast on the term opportunity, right? We talked about how important to, to take advantage of these opportunities. We have an opportunity now that there is starting to become more and more of a hunger for how organizations are managing their data and information. People have settled in now to being away from the office and now they're being brought back into the office or, or part. So there's going to be another transition period that we're going through here. Um, so you know, if we can take advantage of that or, or find a way to take advantage of it, because companies are spending lots of money on blending systems together or upgrading to a new ERP or CRM package or integrating all these acquisitions data into there. I mean, there is opportunity right now. Just because we've gone through COVID in the last 16 months, doesn't mean that that has slowed down. I mean, it may be, I haven't looked at the statistics around that. I think it's sped up. Maybe I don't have statistics to say that more or less acquisitions have taken place, but you know, it might make sense to think maybe there were more. And now there's more of an opportunity to integrate your data and bring it in. So I guess basically what I'm saying is 
you know, yeah, buzzwords can help to get people to, to sit up and take notice. We need to address, we, we need to utilize this opportunity that we have right now to get a common understanding between business people and technical people and the terminology and the language that we use. Buzzwords help us to get there. They don't solve the problem. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you're kind of like the linguistic, like the language matters, right? The How we communicate yeah. Yeah. with each other and get to an understanding that can be shared and an alignment that can you know motivate us to, to keep pulling in the same direction. Those are the things that are really important. And can the buzz, buzzwords help? Yes, but they have a certain risk to them. And, and what, what I think that risk is, because I don't think we've talked exactly about what that risk of the risk is, is that the buzzwords can make it feel like we have alignment, but under the surface, even though we agree data literacy under the surface, our understanding of what that means and the actions required to achieve that may vary greatly. And while we'd like to say, hey, we're using this label, we're pulling in the same direction, that may not necessarily be true. And it's at that detail level that things really need to line up. And that's true. Like if you put your data, your data hat on, right, you go to do some like, you know, data warehousing and dimensional modeling and stuff, you can't add grains that are different. You have to think about how, what is our lowest common denominator? What is the the truth that unites us at the detail level? Because then you can bubble it up. Then you can sum it together. But if you're adding apples and oranges, it's not, it's not going to be the same thing. And, 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 I think from a linguistic perspective, the buzzwords make it more risky that that can happen and cause us more problems down the road. And that's that's usually the problem. Like if you if you can solve a problem now versus a year from now, chances are it's going to cost you less today to solve that problem than it will a year from now. Yeah, I was thinking what would be a great name for this podcast and I wrote down get rid of buzzwords or buzz away. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> use as a, you know, do we, do we, um, you know, I, I, well, I think this is a great conversation. I, I don't think we're going to solve any of uh, the world's problems. Although if it was just that easy of you and I having a conversation, we'd be talking a lot more, right. Yeah. To, to solve the world's problems. But, you know, I think that there's been some great perspective given in here to, in this uh, conversation about the risk of using, you know, words that people don't completely understand Well, how important it is to, um, to be careful as to the language that we use. Um, yeah. I knew we weren't going to solve, we, we never solve anything, Anthony, you and I, um, we, we have fun doing it and we hope that it's uh, interesting for other people, but um yeah, I'd love to hear what other people think about what buzzwords mean and, and you know and the impact that they're having on them as well. So yeah. yeah. Rarely do we get answers on this podcast. We often we often I think it's about asking good questions. It's about having, yeah. you know, a moment outside of the chaos of our everyday. Everybody is just inundated with stuff, right? All day long. <laughs> And if you can listen to this podcast and and listen to our conversation and just think a little bit differently about something and ask some new questions and just consider things from a slightly different perspective, we've achieved our goal. Like, I, we don't have the answers for you, but hopefully maybe we can pose some new questions that help illuminate some topics in a little bit of a different way. That's really what we're going for here. And, and that's where, like, yeah, 
I mean, and that's why I'll take, I'll play devil's advocate on things and I'll, and I'll push things, even if I don't agree with them, just because I want to, I want to take a moment and consider an opposing viewpoint or, or, or a, a, a divergent viewpoint from what I would assume is normally correct. Plus it's not that exciting. If I just keep regurgitating everything I think I know, I'd much rather challenge that even ridiculously, like we mentioned, I'd like to ridiculously be wrong and then bring it back. And okay, tested that border. That's definitely not right. Let's bring it back. But that's the kind of thing that I think with data is always, it needs to be ever present in, in, how are we inquisitive? How are we developing our hypotheses? How are we finding new ways to improve what we do as a result of looking at the data? And and whatever words that takes, then do those those words. Like I don't I don't I, all of this stuff is just like picking a picking a section of the road. It's like you never drive on the expressway. You're driving on an expressway and you re, you you go past that sign, that sign that says the next mile is 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 kept clean by the Kiwanis Club or whatever it, whatever club it is, right? We're gonna clean this next mile. I don't know much, but I do know that for the next mile, I am hypercritical of how much garbage and debris I see on the side of the road. And I know for I never pay attention to it otherwise. But then I, when I'm going down that mile, I'm like, all right, Kiwanis. How good are you at cleaning this section of the road? And, and sometimes they're really good. And sometimes they're like, whoa, you know, you guys haven't been out here in a while. So it's, but it's, it's that kind of thing where we're, we're picking a mile. Each of these podcast episodes, we, we pick a mile of our expressway of our, of our journey and say, let's look at this. Mile. Great, let's think about great this. analogy. The, the Friday <laughs> analogies on the fly, man. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. I think we got a winner there, but it's, uh, it's how we, uh, it's how we think about something a little bit more critically for a moment and then go back to the normal grind, the normal day to day. And and that's really for anybody who's new to the podcast, we've gotten a lot of uh, growth and listenership and viewers on YouTube lately. And I really hope that you understand that's the point of all of this is it's not to give you the answers, but it's to help you consider more questions and help you navigate your journey in the best way you can. And I think that's what one thing, one of the reasons that we always love having Bob on the show and, and why Bob and I enjoy having these conversations is that it gives us a moment to think that way too, to, to, to consider these things. And we didn't have all the answers written out, you know, and, and figure it out. We, we talk through some of this uh-huh. stuff and think about it. And that's the fun part. And you get to join us for some of that conversation. So hopefully, hopefully that can be valuable uh, to you all as well. We certainly enjoy it. Hopefully, hopefully you find some value in it too. Well, and so uh, you and I are already talking about, well, what are we going to talk about in the next podcast? What's the next mile that we're going to put our label up and have people be more observant of what trash we throw <laughs> and what is, trash is being thrown at them? Um, I, I, this has been a lot of fun. It's always a lot of fun. I look forward to the next time. We've got some, some beauties of topics that we can talk about, but uh, this one was certainly fun. Yeah. So, and, and sad to say, but we are definitely out of time at this point. So Bob, once again, thank you so much for being on the show today and, and sharing your thoughts and your time with us. And, and hopefully we'll have you back on again soon. 
Fantastic. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. And, and thank you all for watching or listening today. You'll find more information in the show notes. Please remember to follow Data Leadership Lessons on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review and tell others about us. Learn more about data leadership with my book at dataleadershipbook.com and use promo code ALGMANDL at the Dataversity Online Training Center for 20% off your first purchase. Stay safe during these unusual times and go make an impact. <laughs>